We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into Henry's Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I'm Neil McCready, flying solo here on this uh, Thursday night. If you're listening on Friday, it's the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Thank you for making us a part of your week as we wrap up another week of coverage at rebelgrove.com at MPW Digital. It's been a full Thursday here on the show, on the program, on the channel, I should say. Uh, We had the Oxford Exxon podcast this morning. Jeffrey Wright, 92.9 FM ESPN, joined with uh, Chase Parm. I had all sorts of electrical issues at my house in my neighborhood. So uh, Chase and Jeffrey kind of carried the uh, morning show. Mind of My Money, presented by Pinnacle, uh, is on your podcast network, wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got that up as well. McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. That was at 2 o'clock this afternoon. We made our picks for Make It Rain Thursday on the road to Boise. Pete's Pigskin Preview, presented by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. That is up as well. It premiered around 4 o'clock Central Time, brought to you by Walk-On's. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Join them. Join Visit them today, I should say, in Oxford and Ridgeland. Don't forget to inquire about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters. You can order online at walkons.com, or you can uh, hop in, hop on their Walk-Ons app. It's an extremely convenient app. You'll like it a lot. Got a couple of games on tonight. Baylor leads uh, West Virginia 17-7. to I know UCF is playing right now, but I, I didn't turn it to that. And uh, Thursday night football on Amazon, it's the Washington Commanders at the Chicago Bears. So uh, tonight on the show, uh, Ben Mintz will join, so will Ryan Brown, and then I'll take your calls on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Don't forget this is the Oxford Exxon podcast on Friday, Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Uh, Stop in at the uh, Oxford Exxon on your way in or on your way out this weekend as you show up for uh, Auburn at Ole Miss, 11 a.m. on Saturday. It's a... Always great to stop in there. They uh, 
kind of have everything you're looking for. If you're starting to think about Thanksgiving, you can take your turkey there. They'll smoke it for you. They'll uh, fry it for you there at the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for uh, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662 662- Two five seven nineteen hundred. 1900 Ryan Brown, Ben Mintz will both join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Square in Oxford, great place. If you're coming up this weekend for the game, I'll stop by Rafters, grab a uh, beer, a cocktail, a uh, po' boy, an appetizer, uh, great uh, burgers as well. Just stop in, get there before the college kids take over, 8 o'clock or so. Uh, make it a part of your early evening and uh, make it a part of your Saturday after the game. Ole Miss and Auburn kick off at 11, so you got plenty of time after the game to visit a number of stops. Make Rafters one of those places where uh, you take in part of the SEC football weekend as we enter week seven um, in the SEC. Let's see, Michael says can uh, – let's see. Oh, Charles says if I watch the YouTube show, do I need to download the podcast to help out those numbers? I mean, look, if you want to help, watch the YouTube show and – Download the podcast. Depends on which one you're talking about. If you're talking about Pete's show specifically, I mean, you do us a favor if you download the podcast version, which I will load later tonight. But if you want to enjoy Pete's show, you need to watch it on YouTube. Some of the other shows, like The Butcher versus The Spin Instructor, which is up as well from LB's Meat Market, if you want to listen to that, you can. Um, I think it's funny to watch it. But I'm biased. It's my daughter. It's one of my good friends and, and Greg Jones at LB's Meat Market. I like both of them. I think it's funny to watch their interactions. But if you're just listening to that show, that's cool. Uh, frankly, we make more money off podcast listens than we do YouTube views. But if you want to enjoy Pete's show fully and kind of get an idea of what it is that you're going to be watching on the field on Saturday, whether you're in Vaught Hemingway or whether you're in your living room, you probably should watch that show on um our YouTube channel. It's just so much more educational to watch it than it is to listen to it. I mean, we, we do our best to sort of explain it to people who insist on listening to it, but it, it just to say that it pales in comparison is the absolute understatement of all time. It's just, yeah, Michael says Pete's show is visual. visual. Absolutely. It's very, very visual. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's Thursday evening, and I've begun to lose my voice. Uh, Thanks to everybody who's in the stream. What we'll do tonight is, it's just me. Chase is emceeing an M-Club event tonight. M-Club Hall of Fame induction, I think, is what's going on. He um, is emceeing that event. And so it's just me kind of flying solo here in the Clark Ford Studios. So what I'll do is I'm going to, I recorded a couple interviews in the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so with uh, Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports, also Ryan Brown of The Next Round. We'll talk about the uh, SEC weekend ahead. Uh, Ben goes over all the NFL games ahead for uh, another week in the National Football League, which kicks off tonight with Washington and Chicago from Soldier Field. And then I'll come back, and I'll take your calls on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. I'll stay with you guys as long or as short as you want to stay. You guys get to decide. Um, 
Yeah, got a big uh, big weekend ahead at Ole Miss. There's a lot of material at rebelgrove.com. Neil's picks are up, presented by Service Specialist. Uh, we've got, uh, as I mentioned, Pete Show. The, um, the Butcher Show with Campbell and Greg is up as well. Uh, Chase has a breakdown on um, Auburn's offense. There's just a lot of stuff that's there on the site throughout the course of the week. A lot of stuff on our network, our podcast network. So a lot of material coming your way. And um, I'll take your calls here in a little bit. Tyler Stringer says, shout out to Neil Chase Siski for all the great content. Content Football season is awesome. You guys make it even better. That's very nice of you, Tyler. Appreciate it. Let's see. Uh, Hilden says, the Bears uniforms hurt my eyes. They're on commercial on my TV right now, so I'll have to wait in a second to see. I don't know why the Bears play with their uniforms. Their uniforms are solid, but they do. They play with them all the time. West Virginia and uh, Baylor. West Virginia driving down 17-7, to 5-33 and counting. In the uh, second quarter, West Virginia down to the Baylor one, though. That was a second down place. It'll be third and goal. For West Virginia at the Baylor one-yard line. Uh, Michael says, is the West Virginia job going to be open? I think Neil Brown has to win a little bit at West Virginia to salvage his job. I think if he doesn't, there are uh, going to be problems. Tyler asked me if I'm ready for the World Cup. Yep, I'm excited for it. I live in a house with a uh, 16-year-old who is very much into sports, including soccer, and he's pretty pumped about the world cup and so yeah it's probably something we'll watch together i'm so excited about this fall i mean look at the baseball playoffs that we're getting right now they're, they're fantastic uh the college football season is great the nfl season is always great um we'll get world cup this year nba starts on uh, i think tuesday night or thursday night this this coming week the weather's about to change it's about to get cooler which is like so exciting for me i love it it's a great time to be alive. It's uh, I love love the fall. And we get the bonus of the World Cup this year, about a month from now. So, yeah, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chauncey says Germany is his pick to win. I don't I don't have a pick. I just ask, I'll ask Carson, and he'll tell me who's going to win, and I'll, I'll go from there. Um, yeah, I, I, love, uh, I love soccer. Soccer's fun. I love, uh, love all the stuff. This is, this is a – only thing that would make this October better is if the Cubs were in the postseason. I realize they're not. They're nowhere close, but that's what would make it great. All right, so uh, I meant to tell you about Walk-Ons, by the way. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland. Uh, let's see. What else do I need to get to? Oh, Dead Soxy. Don't forget Dead Soxy has their score sale. It expires at 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time on Saturday. 52% off all your orders at um, deadsoxy.com. Promo code Rebel Grove after Ole Miss scored 52 points in the win over uh, Vanderbilt. The Bears wearing orange helmets, orange jerseys, white pants. It's not a good look. Just not a good look. Not good at all. Uh, let's see. West Virginia and uh, Baylor headed to fourth and goal. So uh, 
West Virginia is going to settle for a field goal here. If they get it, they'll cut it to one score, 17 to 10. All right, we'll uh, go ahead and get into our interviews now. Uh, we'll start with Ryan Brown of the next round based out of Birmingham. Talk a lot about Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Auburn, and other SEC-related topics. When we come back, we'll visit with Ben Mintz, get the preview for uh, the weekend ahead, and then take your calls on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Here is Ryan Brown on the aforementioned Rafters Music and Food Hotline. My friend Ryan Brown, kind enough to uh, join us here on uh, Hand Raise, guys. Uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm awesome, Neil. How are you today? And I'm I'm good. I'm good. Doing doing my best to be awesome. I don't I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm awesome, but I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. How do you keep your voice sharp three hours a day, every day? Do you have any tricks to the trade? I've noticed that mine we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon, and I've noticed mine starting on about Tuesday afternoon begins to decline. Like it Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we do four hours. Um I, you know, one of, one of the big things is having two co-hosts, <laughs> you know, if I did four hours by myself, like, you know, I see Paul do that. And I know Paul takes a lot of calls, but I'm like, man, that is a lot by yourself. It's a lot of talking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I watch I mean, like, like Corolla and Rogan yeah. and those kind of people. And I'm like, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't either. And like, I'll give you another one too, is like, um, I don't listen to him a lot cause he, he, he drives me crazy. Um, but like Chris Russo, a guy that is, is, I mean, is just going crazy about everything. Like he's got this massive over the top, crazy opinion about every single thing in sports. Uh, I, I don't know how he does a show that long and not lose his voice. Yeah. He's so animated about every single yeah. thing. mad dog. Just and what I love is his interview style where he says, uh, so whatever the Yankees, blah, 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 blah. tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and he's so yeah. animated about everything. I don't know how he does that, but yes. I really don't have a trick, to be honest with you. Um, like right now in this in this uh, lovely national championship uh, Yeti I have here uh, is my wife makes a, and this may help. I don't know because I think lemon is supposed to be good for your voice and your throat. My wife makes a mixture of it's an Arnold Palmer lemonade and, and tea, and that is really all I drink at home. Uh, when I get home, I'll pour myself one, and the rest of the night I drink like a mixture. So I get a lot of lemon. Uh, so Maybe that may that's help. It. I don't know if that helps or hurts. I Maybe think it helps. It. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, lemon is probably not going to help Bryce Young's shoulder. Uh, his labrum is whatever the deal is. What are you? Uh, what are you hearing there? What's the What's the true story about what's the deal with 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 uh, Bryce? You know, it's interesting that Nick Saban mentioned. Uh, in the post game, that it's actually a chronic injury for him. This is something that's happened before, and that had never, um, that had never come up. And I, I wonder, Neil, if it's because they kind of wanted to protect his NFL status, right? You don't want to tell the people in the NFL that your quarterback that already is undersized for a lot of NFL people also has a chronic elbow injury that you know, or a chronic shoulder injury, excuse me, that might you know affect his play in the NFL. So. It had never been brought up, and Nick Saban said that in the postgame. You know, this has happened to him before, so he kind of knows how to manage this. Um, you know, this is just piecing together some things I've heard and just my own personal gut feeling. I think if these games had been reversed, if Alabama were at Tennessee the week after they were at Arkansas, I think he would have gutted it out and played. I, I, I think Nick Saban thought 
based on what he saw from A&M, they could win that game with Jalen Milrow, which they did, even with Alabama turning it over four times and Milrow being two of those fumbles. I think he looked at that and said, we can win this game with our backup quarterback. And he was correct in that assessment. You know, almost incorrect, but correct. Uh, so I think he plays Saturday. I don't know if he's 100%, but I think he's probably learned to play through this. From some people I've talked to, this is one of those where you can tort all that puppy up and play through it and it's be what fine. That's what I've heard, yep. Yeah, so I And then I, it just kind of you know, declines in strength over the weeks. Like it's a – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, you, you, it's, it's literally like managing a starting pitcher. You, you, yeah. There's just a number of pitches that you can throw before – you lose your velocity. Yeah. So I think if you get through this week and then you evaluate, hey, here comes Mississippi State. What do you do there? Then you got a bye week and then LSU. You know, I think if he can get through a road trip to Tennessee, this may not be the last time he's sidelined, but I do think there would be a chance to heal it. Now, again, State's really good. I, I don't know that, you know, State's one of those where they would say, hey, just play Jalen Milrow and you beat Mississippi State. I don't, I don't think State's that team this year. No, I don't either. Yeah. So, but you know, if you get to the bye week, I do think LSU is that team. I think you could, as crazy as it sounds, you could play, you know, uh, LSU and Baton Rouge with Milrow and probably win the game. And then the schedule softens a little. But you know, Ole Miss playing Ole Miss, uh, you you would want to have Bryce Young 100 percent for that game, no doubt in Oxford. So I've watched Alabama play, and let me be clear here: I, I'm still very much in the Bama respect season, Bama respect month. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't lose the uh, the number on the on the right side of the ledger still reads zero after all this mm-hmm. but they do look vulnerable in spots they they do look more mortal than I thought they would look now some of this is because I went into the season thinking Alabama was going to be Nick Saban's best team ever they were going to flex these considerable muscles intimidate everybody and just roll and obviously that has not been the case they've uh, we're, we're very much challenged in Austin. There were moments in Fayetteville when it looked kind of iffy, you know, as early as as late as the fourth quarter in that game. And then obviously Texas A&M. When you watch them, and I know you watch them every down because you guys have to talk about it, um, do you see that same vulnerability or are we overreacting to close calls? Well, no, I mean, they've, they've, they've got an obvious Achilles heel at the receiver spot. Alabama does not have a dynamic receiver in the mold of guys that they have had in the past, like, you know, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, people like that. They don't have that guy. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're okay at tight end. Cameron Latu's a good tight end, but he's certainly no Brock Bowers or anyone like that. Um, so that that's that's their vulnerability. Um, I think that's the one unit you would say Alabama probably is average or weekend. Um, they got guys that are good, but they just don't have anybody that's like that standout go to receiver. You know, um, they're really, really good at running back. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is really good. Yeah, he's special. And I, I think this surprises people. Alabama's number three in the nation in rushing offense. And you watch them and you don't necessarily get that fill, but they're number three in the nation. They're number one in the nation in yards per, per attempt, almost seven yards per attempt, which leads the nation. And I say they're number three in the nation. The only two schools ahead of them are service academies, Auburn and, and or excuse me, Auburn. Um, Army <laughs> Freudian and, slip. <laughs> I know it was. Uh, Army and uh, Air Force. So, you know, I mean, if you just, you know, kind of take that away, they run the ball as well as anybody in the country. So, you know, it, the run game has been criticized a little bit, but the numbers don't 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 hold up the criticism. Now, 
I will say, and you watched the Arkansas game like I did, there were three explosive runs in the Arkansas game, which probably tilted that, you know, just a little bit. Uh, they had, you know, some explosive runs against A&M, but I'll give them credit for running the ball against A&M because it was abundantly clear that D.J. Durkin said, we're going to see if this quarterback can do anything first before we ever start to respect the pass. And they piled it in on Alabama and knew Alabama was running the football, and they were still able to run it effectively against A&M. So I think you got to give the run game a lot of credit. And the defensively, Neil, I think they're really, really solid across the board. They're phenomenal up front. Um, and they got two of the best pass rushers in the nation, uh, in Dallas Turner and Will Anderson. I think they're solid at linebacker. I think Toa Toa is a really good linebacker and Moody when he's healthy. And I think they're really good in the secondary. Yeah. So, um, I, I think their only obvious weakness is, is at the wide receiver spot. So they're going to Knoxville this weekend, Alabama and Tennessee, two top six teams. Alabama's ranked third, Tennessee's ranked sixth, uh, Heupel's done a really good job at Tennessee. Game day is going to be there. SEC Nation's going to be there. Uh, probably Telemundo's going to be there. Everybody's <laughs> going to be there, right? I mean, everybody's going, and they're going for one reason. Because people think, hey, this is it. This is going to yep. be it. This is going to be the Saturday when the Vols are back and they knock off Alabama and it shakes up the college football world and let's all get ready because this is going to be crazy. The line seven and a half, Alabama's favorite mm-hmm. as we record this. I got to tell you, man, there's something about it that I feel like I smell a rat. Like I just, I just keep thinking, nope. I know what's coming. What's coming is Alabama's going to play really well. Tennessee's going to freak out a little. Maybe it'll be close. Maybe it'll be interesting. But at the end of the day, Alabama's going to walk out of there. It's perfect record intact. Maybe bruised. Maybe beaten. But not, not. The king will still be the king. And I can't help but think that. And I just, you're around it. Is there, is that what you expect Saturday? If Bryce Young plays, yeah. I mean, if Bryce Young plays, I think, and I think he will. Um, I, I think this is one of those spots where you, if you just step back and look at it and you strip away the names and all that, what you look at is this is the biggest moment in Tennessee football since probably the 98 season, which is saying a lot. I mean, that was the national championship season. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and maybe I'm missing one. I'm not a big Tennessee aficionado, but it, as I look at it, it feels like the biggest moment in Tennessee football since 1998. Alabama, if you've played at Alabama any amount of time, you've literally had a moment like this, you know, 10, 12 times, right? So sure. I think they're very much Adam, Alabama is accustomed to this stage. Um, they're not going to be flustered by everybody being dressed in orange and orange out. They're not going to be flustered by a crowd that wants blood. They get that everywhere they go. You know, they got that in Arkansas. They get that in Baton Rouge. They get it at, at, at Jordan Hare last year. I mean, it's, it's everywhere Alabama goes. They get that. They'll get it in Oxford, Mississippi. You know, it's everywhere Alabama goes. That's the crowd they get is, hey, this is the biggest game we've had on our campus in fill in the amount of years, right? Yeah, sure. So I think I think they're accustomed to that. And and I think Alabama is built to me, Neil, defense and run game travel. And and now now I will say this, Tennessee's defense, that's what they're best against is the run. They're awful against the pass. And that's why I think if Bryce Young plays, yeah, you know, I saw Anthony Richardson throw for four hundred and fifty <laughs> some odd yards on them. I mean yeah. You know, and Jalen I would, Daniels, even Jaden Daniels, even threw for two fifty something. I think didn't he or three hundred? No, he threw for three hundred on them. Yeah, yeah I actually had more passing yards than Anna Doker. 
And I wonder about, speaking of Hooker, I wonder about can Tennessee protect him against that uh, that defensive front, against those yeah. two ends. They've got a little – they've been a little vulnerable at, at the tackles. They've been really good. I mean, I don't take anything away from them. Tennessee's had a great season, and they look really good. But I don't know. I think we're on the same page here. I just kind of kind of think everybody's getting all excited and, 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 and people are going to be a little disappointed. Um, other side of the state, Auburn comes here. It's – the game Kiffin hasn't won that I think sticks in his proverbial crawl. Whatever, where where is your crawl? By the way, is it like somewhere like? Or, or, I've always assumed it was like right there because it would be like something that gets stuck. Yeah, oh. it's like in your jaw. Okay, you think? maybe so. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think this is the one that bugs him. Like he wants to beat Alabama. There's no question. Yeah. He wants to beat Saban and stuff. But he also is a realist, I think, and looks at it and goes, "Well, you know, I mean, th- that would have been that that would it'd be tough to beat him." And so yeah. far, you know, I mean, he has, he's had a couple of shots, and in in 2020, they they. Gave them a hell of a contest, but they had no defense. And then last year, Alabama was just better than Ole Miss. But Auburn, on the other hand, hasn't been any better than Ole Miss the last couple of years, really. And he hasn't won that game. He wants this game. He's a 14-and-a-half, 15-point favorite. You're watching Auburn, too, which is a completely different program these days than, than Alabama. What What do you expect from Auburn in Oxford? Um, I expect their defense to make it tough on Ole Miss. Um, Auburn's got a good defense, and they just don't get any offensive support, and that's the problem. You know, they played Georgia pretty well for a half. I mean, uh, you, you watched the first half of that game, and Georgia's offense struggled to move the ball. And one of the, their first touchdown came on a short field that was gifted by Auburn trying to fake a punt, you know, uh, on their own 35. And they gave Georgia a short field, and that's how Georgia first got on the scoreboard. But other than that, Auburn's defense played pretty good football in the first half. It's just you, you can't hold up against a team like Georgia if you're Auburn because you get no help from that offense. And Auburn's offense is especially putrid in the second half. So their last nine games against Power 5 teams, they've scored 31 second-half points combined. I mean, you just cannot win that way. That's I mean, you, you have three no and a half point, Three and a half points a second. Uh, wow. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, they're averaging basically a field goal per second half over their last nine Power 5 games. What do you attribute that to? Talent? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, talent plays a part in it, but I mean, you're talented enough to score 17. They're talented enough to lead LSU 17 to nothing. I mean, and, and then they lose the game 21 to 17 because they don't do anything in the second half. Um, I mean, I mean, Robbie Ashford had 247 pass yards in the first half against LSU. And LSU's not great. I'm not like pretending LSU's great, but I'm just saying, how do you have 247 pass yards in the first half? And then you can't score in the second half. I mean, that really just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, I do think some of it is coaching. I, I've never been one of those. I think halftime adjustments are a bit of a cliche, like, I mean, if you're a coach and you see something that's going to work, you don't say, well, I'll wait till halftime and put that in. I mean, if you can make that adjustment, you make it. Now, are there certain things you can do at halftime? Yeah. I mean, you know, you get a little more time with your team. You're able to maybe make some more complex changes. Sure. I don't, I don't deny that. But I mean, if a coach in a booth is like, hey, this minor adjustment works, do we want to do it now? No, let's wait till halftime. <laughs> no, you do it uh, then. Sure. I think you do it now. Yeah. So, but I do think, you know, teams come out in the second half. They're different. I think some of it is depth. You know, Auburn just doesn't have the depth for whatever reason. Tank Bigsby hasn't gotten the touches I think a lot of people think he should get. So I think it's a lot of things that compound on one another and stack up on one another, Neil, that just create this team that can't do anything in the second half. And now your defense is stressed. They break. They give up a big play game over. So, I mean, that, I think that's what you'll see. I think we've seen enough of Auburn to know that's what you're going to see. They have an open date after this trip to Oxford. If they lose, I Say they lose by the spread. Just make it make it nice yeah. and simple. A 14, right. 15 point loss. 28 to 14, 27, 13, something like that. Sarson get let go in the open date. That's the rumor that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two schools of thought on that. So I'll give you school of thought number one is um that Auburn doesn't have an athletics director right now. Alan Green was the AD. It had become abundantly clear that they were not going to extend his contract. So he basically went to Auburn and said, You're not extending my contract. I've got X amount of time left on it. Let's make this easy on everybody. For this amount of money, I'll leave. And Auburn's like, okay, well, here's the check. We'll see you. So they've got an interim athletics director um, who is not apparently going to get the job. So one school of thought is you don't want to hire an AD. Or you, you don't want to hire a coach without an AD, right? You want to have the AD in place so the coach at least knows who he's working for. It's going to help you hire a head coach. But you don't want to bring that AD in and say, hey, welcome to the job. The first thing you're going to have to do is fire your football coach. Right. You want somebody else to do that. Let the interim athletics director do that. And then this new guy comes in and you give him the opportunity to say, hey, everything that happened before me, I don't know about that. We're moving forward. Right. right. I'm not sure. going to talk about Coach Harson. I, you know, I never worked with Coach Harson. I hate it that it ended that way. 
I'm I'm looking forward. And now you you cut all that off at the past, right? So that's school of thought number one. School of thought number two is, regardless of what you do with the AD, everybody's going to understand he's been hired to fire Brian Harson, so it's not going to look bad on him. But you're going to make Harson earn every dime of that buyout, right? You're going to make him earn every dime of that $16 million or whatever it is that you're going to have to pay him. And so he's going to have to suffer through the end of this season. We don't think it's going to affect who we get as a head coach. We can't hire a guy until December anyway or late November. So Harson's going to go take beating after beating, and he's going to earn every dime of that buyout we give him. So those are the two schools of thought. I think I tend to hedge towards number one is that it's a little bit easier if you just let the interim AD, the school president, make the – the firing, you hire an AD. Now he's got clean slate. I kind of think that's the way we'll go. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would think in the bye week, that's the perfect time to do it, right? Give your interim. The, the one concern there though, is you talk to some Auburn people and, you know, Harson's two coordinators are Boise guys. Yeah. And, and I think there's a fear that those Boise guys might punch out too. Right. I, at which, I know, it's so, I mean, at some yeah. at some point, yeah. the season's lost. It's lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've lost your head coach and both coordinators, you know. Then you hand it over to, say, Zach Etheridge, who's a former Auburn player, is the secondary coach right now, um, and he's the associate head coach. And then he's got to piece it together. I guess, you know, maybe he becomes the defensive coordinator, and you, you, you look at one of the guys on the staff like, hey, you've always wanted to call plays, right? Here's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your big chance. Good yeah. luck. You got Robbie Ashford or T.J. Finley at quarterback, so have fun with that. Um so yeah, those are the two schools of thought. And I, I don't know, I kind of hedge towards number one is that you go ahead and take care of it in the bye week, give your staff time to to move the pieces where they need to go, then the new AD just gets to make a hire. You've watched Ole Miss a lot. Is there a is there a scenario where Auburn is in this game late fourth quarter? Is there a scenario where Auburn beats Ole Miss? What do, what do you think of Ole Miss? I mean, I think it is going to be I like Ole Miss. I like I like what they've done. You know, it's a different team than Lane has had. You know, it's not that, you know, uh, fast pace offensive. We're just going to outscore you. I mean, it looks like they're they're leaning a little bit more on the defense, and I think Partridge has done a tremendous job. I mean, I, I would talk about him and Frank Broyles award territory right yeah. now. The way that defense has changed, and I do think some of that credit probably has to go to DJ Durkin too, right? He he had it moving in the right direction, and Partridge has just taken it the next step. Um, so I like this team. I like what they're doing. I, you and I have talked about this a lot. You know. The, the the perception that Lane Kiffin just likes to heave it all over the park has always been the wrong perception about him. The guy likes to run the football and play the defense, right? Um, if, if he's got those parts, he's able to do it. He didn't really have those parts early on. You know that. And so you had to lean more on Matt Corral and try to outscore people. And I think now that he's got the parts. Um, from the outside looking in, it looks like the trig loss is a pretty big loss. Um, I think so too. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I think, and you know this, Neil. When you've got a developing quarterback, which I think Jackson Dart is, boy, it's helpful to have a really good tight end, right? It's kind of that safety valve, that guy where you know one's covered, two's covered. I've always got my tight end. I can, I can check down to. So I think that's a, that's a significant loss there. But to your question, based on what I've seen from Auburn, if Ole Miss plays a relatively clean game, no, I think this game is probably pretty comfortable in the fourth quarter. So. Brian Harston's not going to be the coach at Auburn next year. He might not be the coach at Auburn next week, but he certainly won't be the coach at Auburn next year. It's a lot of speculation about who it will be. Actually, this week there's been less of all the the Kiffin talk than I sort of anticipated, and it might be because reasonable minds have shot it down over the course of 
the last month or so. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think it's a fit at all. It's not about Auburn. It's about – it's funny. You say what I said, which is for Lane Kiffin right now, Ole Miss is a better job for Lane yeah. Kiffin right now than Auburn would be. And people lose their minds. Like, how can you say Auburn, Ole Miss is a better job than Auburn? He's like, that's not what I said. Although in this era, you can look at it and start to have a conversation about what's what is what constitutes a good job. A kind of a long-winded answer question that I'm getting to here, which is, I'm always been curious about Auburn because it's this potentially this great place they've won there. People have won there. Gene Chizik won a title there. Uh, Malzahn played for a title there. Tommy Tuberville should have played for a title there. Yet, they look down the road at Alabama, which back in 2006, 2007, finally said, you know what? This doesn't work. The way we're doing this doesn't work. We're going to have to go hire somebody, give him autonomy, let him have it, see what happens. And they did. They went out and got Nick Saban, and they handed him the program, and you know the rest. Auburn appears completely dead set on not doing that. That's what it looks like from the outside. Is there, am I reading that wrong? No, I think you're reading it absolutely right. I mean, I think the boosters at Auburn that have the power enjoy that power. They like, you know, being able to call the shots and they don't see themselves as the problem. Um, You know, the, the Alabama situation was so unique in that it could have been almost any other athletics director other than Mal Moore couldn't have gotten it done. Mal Moore was, you know, just the consummate Southern gentleman. He, he was able to, with Alabama's power boosters, kind of operate on the same level, you know, socially and culturally with them because he was from the South. He wasn't some damn Yankee, right? Um, and he had played for and coached for Bear Bryant. And Alabama's biggest booster is Paul Bryant Jr., the son of Bear Bryant. So he had the immediate respect of that guy because of the respect his father, Bear Bryant, had for Mal Moore. So he was able to go to him and convince him, like, look, your family has trusted me all these years. I need you to really trust me on this one. You know, we got to go hire this guy, and the only way we're going to get him is to hand the entire program to him and say, do what you want to. And he convinced Paul Bryant Jr. of that, and Paul Bryant Jr. was able to go to the rest of the boosters and say, this is the way my dad would have wanted it, and it's the best thing for Alabama football. We got to back out. Now, if that's not Mel Moore, I don't think he can pull that off. So it was just a unique moment in time with the the unique character of Mal Moore that convinced Nick Saban to do that. And um, and so when, when Saban got there and he was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do the speaking circuit the way everybody's done it. I'm not going to do all the cheese bowl commercials the way every coach has had to do it. I'm here to win football games. And if y'all will get out of my way, we'll win a lot of them. And you know what? They said, fair enough. Let's try it. Because yeah. what, what we've been doing hadn't worked. Yeah. So let's try it. And uh, they had become strikingly average is what they had become back in the early 2000s. I mean, there's some people that get mad about that when you say it, but they had, they had, they had become just another program in the league. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They were a mid tier program. They weren't, you know, Florida was great back then. They weren't Florida. They weren't Tennessee. You know, Auburn had had a better run than them. Yeah. So yeah, they, and LSU had, because they've been in, in a lot of ways had built that and handed it over to Les Miles. So yeah, I mean, they were they were in desperate need of doing this, and it was a desperate move by Alabama, but not all desperate moves fail, right? It was a desperate move that worked, and it's worked massively, and I think it has given other schools a playbook of saying, here's how you do it. I mean, 
it's a big risk because you're it's, handing a, a, a type A personality some reins. That's what Ole Miss has done with Lane Kiffin. Yeah, and that's why when you say that, you know, it feels like, and, and you follow it closer than I do, when you talk about Lane Kiffin to, to Auburn, it feels like Lane has got everything he could want in Oxford, and a lot of what he has in Oxford he couldn't get at Auburn. Is Jordan-Hare Stadium bigger than Vol Hemingway? Of course it is. Is Auburn's enrollment bigger? Yeah. Is the budget bigger? Yeah. You know, all those things are yes. Are the facilities better? You know, Auburn has played catch-up on their facilities. I think they're really good, but I think Lane has gotten pretty much what he wants in Oxford, right? Yeah, they're they're building him the practice facility, office facility yeah. right now as we speak that, that I think he yeah. wants, you know. They wanted to do the stadium, but uh, – I don't know if you've heard, but the economy's kind of gotten weird, and uh, <laughs> I'm aware of that. Yes. <laughs> the cost of uh, of steel and concrete and lumber and all those things went up to a place where they said maybe we ought to put this on the back burner for a, for a little while, and they did, you know, in, in large part because they're trying to get trying to put some of that money into NIL and and be able to yeah. compete, at, you know, and you can't recruit at Ole Miss right now the way that you can recruit at Alabama. But, hey, Ryan, there's no sign that you can recruit at Auburn right now the way that you can recruit at Alabama. They're not. Well, certainly, yeah, certainly Auburn's not. I mean, now, could that be a coach problem? Yeah, but, you know, the, the problem with recruiting at Auburn is, um, it, you know, you got to recruit in the state of Alabama. Well, Alabama is the alpha in this state, and they, they if they've got a halfway competent coach recruiting, they're going to win those recruiting battles more often than not. All right, well, I got to dip over into Georgia too. Well, guess what? Georgia's the same thing in that state. Well, then I got to supplement with Florida. Well, guess what? You got Florida, Florida State, and Miami. If, if anybody halfway competent is coaching those places, you're going to have to, that's going to be tough battles for you to win. They've always, they've always faced that. That's what's made it a historically difficult place to recruit to with respect to how well they actually do, right? So normally a program that's had some success as Auburn's had, it'd be easier to recruit there, except for the fact that they're butting their heads against Alabama and Alabama, Georgia and Georgia, and Florida, Florida State, Miami and Florida. That Those are hard wins, man. Those are hard wins in recruiting. And, um, you know, they won some of them over the years, but they've lost a lot of them too. And it's made it difficult to keep that roster similar to the roster, roster in Tuscaloosa or Athens, which are their two biggest rivals. And that's the other thing that makes it hard right now is your two biggest rivals are two of the best programs in college football. And that's who you're compared to. No, I mean, if, no you're, if you're Brian Harson or Gus Malzahn, you're compared to Nick Saban and Kirby Smart right now. And uh, those, those, are, those are difficult, difficult comparisons for most coaches. So the next guy, for the last two weeks, the name that I heard the most was Hugh Freeze, mm-hmm. which to me makes a ton of sense for Auburn. I mean, it might come as close to threading the needle of what they want the guy who will do the booster crap and he'll go out and he'll do all the hand ring hand raising and uh, shaking hands and he'll kiss the babies and uh, all that stuff. And and yet he knows how to recruit and he knows how to play sec football. He did a very good job at Ole Miss until the whole thing fell apart. And frankly, a lot of it wasn't his fault. The NCAA thing was a witch hunt that won't happen now yet. It's there's another name that's starting to, Percolate, which is probably a name that's more comfortable for Auburn people because he's been at Auburn and uh, probably knows more of the people and would j- kind of hop right into the what at least from the outside I would go. They got their good old boy who's going to do it exactly the way they want him to do it, and that's Jeff Grimes. What are you hearing? Yeah, I think Jeff Grimes. Like if they made a move tomorrow or after the Ole Miss game, uh, I think Jeff Grimes would be. The probably the name most of the boosters could could 
you know, coalesce behind and, and, and be comfortable with. Um, for those that don't know, he was an offensive line coach at Auburn for several years. He has since been an offensive coordinator at BYU. He kind of transformed their offense. He left and went with uh, Dave Aranda to Baylor, kind of gave them enough offense to go from, you know, a school that was struggling to find its way back to the Big 12 championship. Uh, he's a he's a very well thought of coach, and and Grimes is a very good football coach. I don't I don't mean to diminish that. Sure, he's not the type of guy though that if you're like, all right, who's the hottest guy out there? I got to go get Jeff Grimes. Isn't normally the one mentioned. Like I don't think had he ever had he never coached at Auburn, I don't think he would be a guy that's being mentioned. That's just kind of the way it works there. He's coached there, so oh, you know, you got to go back and get him. And I, you know, Jeff Grimes is a good coach. Would he be successful? I have no earthly idea. No earthly idea. Um. But he would be in front of Freeze. The problem with Freeze is um, I don't think the school president would be on board with it right now. So you'd be fighting that battle to begin with. Do the boosters have enough power to push that over the line? I I, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm with you. I think Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. He would be successful at Auburn. He would be the type of guy, you know, that that I think would be able to go in there and do some of those battles head-to-head with Nick Saban or Kirby Smart and win a few of those. So – I think it'd be an excellent hire. Um, I think Auburn is going to have to strike out a few times before they ever get to you freeze. Any scenario where you see someone besides Alabama and Georgia playing for the SEC title? Is, is there is there a, a path for anyone else? Um, I mean, I'll still hold out Tennessee right now. I think Alabama wins that game Saturday, but this has been a good Tennessee team. I, I think people have overvalued that win over LSU just a little bit. I, I think if you step back and look, you know, again, I mentioned Robbie Ashford threw for 247 yards of the first half against LSU. Robbie Ashford's not a good quarterback right now. So, you know, LSU has got some defensive deficiencies. They've got some obvious offensive deficiencies. If you watch that game, they gifted Tennessee seven points right out of the shoot. They're just nowhere close good enough to do to being able to do that. So I I think that LSU went, while impressive by Tennessee, don't mean to diminish it, I also don't think it makes Tennessee world beaters right now. They've still got some big-time defensive issues. So I'm not quite ready to say they could go to Georgia because the Alabama wins one thing. You know, you still got to go to Georgia and beat Georgia. Um, So, I yeah, I don't know that they're still good enough to go in Athens. And even a Georgia team that's looking a little suspicious right now, I don't know that Tennessee's there yet now. If Bryce Young plays and he looks healthy and they beat Alabama, I might change my tune on that Saturday. But right now, I would still say it's Alabama-Georgia. Yeah, Ole Miss these next few weeks, it's Auburn, and then it's at LSU, and then it's at A&M. Then they get an open date before Alabama. I mean, they're 6-0. Can they get to 9-0? and I don't know. A&M's just this weird team. I mean, they, they caught a break. They played Bama without Young. And yet, you had a shot, and – they don't even throw the ball into the end zone. I hated the play call. Um, I don't know what I think about Jimbo. I just I, they're they're talented. They're 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 good. They don't roll over, but they should have lost to Arkansas, and that would be four. Yeah. They would be four losses right now. I mean, they're yeah. on, they're on their way to what I think's five six losses. You know, I think Ole Miss is. I think they'll be undefeated when they play Alabama, and I hope they are. They have some fantastic, you know, two thirty CBS game undefeated Alabama, undefeated Ole Miss ball. Hemingway be great atmosphere. I think they will be. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that A&M play at the end of the Bama game. Uh, Joel Klatt comes on our show each week, and he he was he made the point. He was like, he, he said, Jimbo Fisher knew the defense Nick Saban was going to play because it's what Saban does all the time in that situation. 
you know, down on those two-point conversion, you know, short yardage and goal situations, he's going to play the same defense every single time. And he's like, you know what, a, that defense is, the defenders on that field, you know what they're praying for? No motion, no bunch sets. And he's like, what does Jimbo do? He lines up in a static formation, no motion, no bunch sets. He's like, he played right into Alabama yeah. hands. He just he's and, he's he's like uh, he's like Brian Ferentz. Yes, he is. I mean, better players. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's he's the rich man, Brian's rich man's Brian <laughs> Ferentz. Speaking of, you've got a, a Big Ten lock of the of the pick of the year, and that is correct. And I I'm I, I've got it. I'm taking issue with it. Um, uh oh. Yeah, you're like Michigan State straight up over Wisconsin. Uh, over Wisconsin, yeah. Have you watched Michigan State? I have, yeah. In fact, I watched them play Ohio State. Um, so let me give you my thinking behind that. Now, let me first of all give you my credentials. Now, uh, I am I am four and two on the season of my upset alert. Now, okay. the way our upset alert works is we do a point system, and you get maximum points for picking a team that is a touchdown or more underdog and them winning outright. So that's all I shoot for. Gotcha. It, it, it upsets Jim and Lance so much that I don't play their little game. I just I'm literally. Um, you're going for kill of, shots. Yeah, I'm a baseball player that is – I may strike out 400 times in a season, but I'm also going to hit 40 bombs. So you're just going to have to deal with all my strikeouts, right? So that's me. I'm swinging for the fence every single time. So I'm 4-2 and two now. I have found four touchdown or more dogs that have won outright this year. Okay, so let's, let's let that sink in for a moment. Um, here's my thinking behind this game. Wisconsin has been awful. They've been awful this year, right? So bad they fired their coach that played there. Yeah. And one week, one week after firing their coach, they get all this emotion built up, right? They get this emotion, and they're playing for Jim Leonard. They want to get him the job. Yeah. That emotion doesn't last. That's, that's, so that's one game emotion. They revert back to who they are. And Michigan State's no good. But you got to go on the road to East Lansing. You revert back to who you are. Uh, I think it's a fishy line. I like Michigan State outright. It's my Big Ten game of the year. The reason it's my Big Ten game of the <laughs> Big year. Big Ten game of the off, year. <laughs> I'm coming off a loss last week because I had uh, I had Arizona straight up over Oregon, got destroyed. Yeah. So I got I got to bait the people back in with a game of the year. I can't just do anything, Neil. If I want their business for the rest of the year, I got to <laughs> suck them back in with my Big Ten game of the year. So I'm so confident in this play. I'm willing to say it's my Big Ten game of the year. What's your home run that you're most proud of so far? Your 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 um, upset pick, James Madison at Appalachian State. Oh, I think if I remember right, it's coming off of the Texas A and M win, and I'm like, dude, they are not beating A and M and coming back and beating James Madison. Have you watched my boys James Madison play? They're good. Yeah, they are now ranked. In fact, yeah. yes. Uh, and I think that game was twenty eight to three at one point, and they fall all the way back and won outright. Um, so yeah, that is my. Uh, no, you know what? I think they played – no, here's what happened. Appalachian State won at Texas A&M, and then they played Troy, I think, the next week and won on that Hail Mary, if you remember. And I'm like, they ain't beating Troy. Or they ain't beating A&M. Then having to have a Hail Mary to beat Troy and beating James Madison in three consecutive weeks, easy win. So I gave you, I gave them that one. Old Domin- I, I, I might can remember all my wins. Old Dominion. The first Friday night of the season hosting Virginia Tech. How Virginia Tech was that big of a favorite, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. ODU on that one outright. Um, Wake Forest at Florida State. Yeah. Wake won that one outright. Yeah. That's three of them. Then I had James Madison. I can't remember my other one. But uh, those, those are those are three that stand out. 
Jim and them are not having the same success with picking? Well, they keep picking these, like, uh, I think Jim's had three wins, but he keeps picking teams that are like three and a half point favorites. You only get one point for that. Yeah, that's no good. I mean, wow. Yeah, I don't want to play a one point game. Yeah, I just play a bunch of seven point games. And in fact, I'm up, they're both at three points. I'm at 12. We're mid season. I think I've got, I mean, unless they start swinging for the fences, I don't think they can catch me. That's that explains why they were so kind of bitter. They're upset at you. They, oh, did, they didn't. They get pissed when I start winning. They didn't like the way you were you were you were doing that. Nope. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I like. I put a little extra mustard on the hot dog too. I like to play it up a little bit in my in my pick. And I always tell you, you don't need the points. That my 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 pick's going to win outright. And four times this year they have. Wow, that's something. I, for some reason, I just don't have any faith at all, and, and, and I watch way too much Big Ten football. It's embarrassing how much Iowa yep. football that I've watched. Although, if you've watched one Iowa game, you have seen them all. Uh, they are all the same. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of punts. Defense plays great. The punter is amazing, and the offense is yep. stuck somewhere in the 1960s, I think. Incredible. God, I mean, how long does he get to keep his son as his offensive coordinator? What, what, do you, what do you do? I mean, you go home and say, honey, I fired our, our son. It's Christmas is in two months. He's on his own. I mean, or, I mean yeah. you, should never have, you should never have put him on your staff. No, no, no. And I guess for Rance, you know, he's the best. I guess he's considered better than Hayden Fry. I don't know. Is he the best coach in Iowa history? So I guess he gets to call his own shots now without people messing with him. This might cost him his gig. Wow. It could cost him his gig. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't follow Iowa that closely, but you know, I know he's won a lot of games there. That's he's probably made that appear an easier job than it really is. Uh, and he donated all that money to that kids' hospital that's right yeah. outside the stadium. I mean, and that goes a long way, man. It does. Like that, I think he donated a million dollars, didn't he? You got to win. Yeah, it's a scoreboard that's business. Tough. It's a scoreboard business. It really I mean, is. Look at Jimbo. I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, as always, man, I enjoy visiting with you. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. It's always great, Neil. Thank you. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.